spent too much time in California. Now I got that Rona. Gotta be a loner. Staring at my phone. Gotta be a loner. Gotta be a loner. What's up? Thanks for tuning in. This is the Alona Virus Podcast. We're going to get right into it. No intro really today because I got bitten by a bunch of bugs on my face and my lips hurt and I don't want to talk that much, but this is a good episode. Uh, you don't need to hear from me right now. Me and my friend Steve, the red mug is back. I got the blue mug right here, but I got the red mug in the episode, so that's going to that's gonna play in uh, pretty seriously. So uh, here it is, me and Steve. Okay, so this is the Alona Virus Podcast. I'm here with uh, my friend Steve. Or do you like Steve? I always see your your name written more often, so it says Steven everywhere. But I call you Steve. Yeah, honestly, it's it's either or. It's there are certain times where Steve is fine. By the way, uh, I think a lot of my coworkers say Steven. My family. The only time I was ever it was ever jarring to me is one time my mom said Steve, and I was like, the fuck? Like, what? No, even <laughs> for you, but like. You know, the, my the, my roommates I live in now, like, I'm Steve to them, Steven to others, so it's, it, I have no preference. Isn't it interesting that Steven and Steve is a nickname with only one letter difference? Yeah, and, and for some people, it does make a big difference. Like, they really do prefer it, or it does, like, kind of change your, like, how you view them, or, like, they're, it's, it is, you're right, though. It's one letter, but two syllables, so it's a big difference. That's true. Um I noticed there's kind of a resurgence of people using like full names again, like yeah. less nick- nicknames, like all the Daves I knew are David again. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's definitely a push with, uh, with names like you want to be taken more seriously or more adult. Like, I don't know when you, there are certain, cause there are certain names like growing up, like if I mean an adult Bobby, that's, you know, that's weird, <laughs> you know, like be Bob or Robert. Don't be Bobby. Yeah. But then again, if like people you knew when you were a kid, like, your friend Danny. It's hard to like grow up and not still call them Danny. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm Dan now, bro. Yeah, mm. you're not. Yeah, don't, first of all, don't say that because I'm gonna push harder for for Danny. So, <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, Steve. Yeah. It's good no, to no, see no. you. Thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, happy to. Um, there is a lethal virus outside your door. <laughs> I've been locked in this room for, for I've not left. Um, tell me, so you are in, uh, in Austin, Texas. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember that from three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, you're from New Jersey originally. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, me too. So I imagine things in Texas are probably, and maybe Austin is its own thing, but I imagine things in Texas are pretty different than they are over here. Yeah, so for sure, way more mellow than the East Coast. Um, you know, obviously, it's, I would say, as a whole, we've been doing a good job of following the mandates, you know, or the recommendations that the rest of the country is kind of uh, following. I think either at the same time, or even maybe a couple days before, like it was already mandated that we had to wear masks outside. So like technically if I go to the store, I, I need to wear a mask, but there's also like in comparison, so few actual cases. And then, I mean, the last I checked in the County, there was less than a thousand cases and 11 deaths in Travis County, you know, which in comparison to just New York city alone is like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally don't feel like a ton of fear, like leaving my house. Like if I need to go to the grocery store, like I'll do what I need to do to like respect everyone else's 
worry, but I'm not like, you know, shifty eyed looking like, Hey, who's, who's, who's coughing? Who's not like, I'm not worried about it. Um, do you think that's coming? I don't know. I mean, being in one of the more, I mean, Austin is a very populated city, uh, regardless, but I just think like, I don't know, I, until the numbers start creeping up, if they do, I, I, I don't particularly feel that coming. And maybe it is because we're like directly in the middle of the country. I'm not sure. So is Texas like part of the, um, the group of like Southern states that are like, it's time to reopen no matter what? Uh, part of that. Yeah. We actually, there was, was it last week? I think there was in Austin, a March on the Capitol with like people, you know, all those photos that you see the memes on the internet. Now it's like, I need a haircut, like those types of folks, um, you know, commissioning, you know, governor Abbott to like open everything up again. It's like, this is unconstitutional. And, uh, I don't think anything came of it, obviously, but that's it's that's starting to happen. But then also, Austin is the only blue city in a red state, so that's a small faction of people in Austin. So the rest of us are just like, no, we're normal and care about human beings, so we're going to keep following the the mandates. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like right now is the pivotal moment in this whole thing because everybody for the first month it everybody was kind of on the same page like okay there's this really terrible thing happening like we kind of just need to like put politics aside yeah and and just like go inside and let it wash over us which is not a realistic thing to think anyway but um people everybody was kind of there and then right now half of the people are still like well nothing's really changed we still need to continue doing this even though we're like our economy is about to fail, but like the economy will bounce back. Dead people will not bounce back, which is kind of where I land, you know, but yeah. um, there are many people that are, that want to put the economy essentially first. Sure. And um, they are making that known. Yeah. Right now. They're, they're putting a pretty big uh, wedge in between that and, my, cause my initial thought is also, I think with many, it's like, and, and you don't want to be too extremist, but it's also like, you know, fuck those people. Like, don't, don't be that way. But then I try to see their perspective and like, yes, in some ways I understand, like, we don't want to completely halt the economy because then what are the repercussions down the line? But like you said, like a death doesn't bounce back. You know, you could look to it at first and say, well, it's mostly elderly people. Not that that's going to, that, that means anything. Like if your you know, grandparent is 97 years old, and dies but it's because of covid that's still sad and hopefully avoidable right like whether they were going to live another 30 days regardless or another two years is beside the point um so like i, I understand to an extent like people are like we don't want to crash everything because if my life is ruined then what's the point of living and i think we are going to see a ripple effect of more mental health issues unfortunately more suicides and you know who knows what other behaviors we can't predict yet but yeah i think that's the the big wedge right now and then kind of like what side you stand on it. And if there is a side to stand on, it's, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's tough to, it's tough to really say we're, we're doing the right thing or we, I feel the right way because we don't know what it's going to look like on May 22nd or June 22nd, you know, like in, in a couple months from now could be getting better. It could be much worse. We don't know. Like, yeah, uh, I do. I try to, I try to, you know, feel for people, I mean, I'm one of the people that my income has come to a complete halt. Like I haven't made any money since this whole thing started. Mm -hmm. And so I I understand that that's, it's a 
it's a big deal. You know, yeah. there are a lot of people suffering more than I am too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I haven't gotten any, I haven't gotten my check from the president yet. Yeah. I haven't gotten any, like I get it. It's a big deal. It sucks. And I feel like the real problem is the fact that the, any government could put people in that situation. Like I talked to people in Italy and they're getting paid 80% of their normal salary to stay yeah. home and stay safe. And it's like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Then kind of everybody wins. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we're, people are having to make decisions that are really difficult. It's like, I need to eat today or, and maybe in three weeks I'll be hospitalized, but probably not because most people aren't. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, I mean, you're right there. I mean, it's, this is, I mean, I was hoping it would be, the holes would be poked like a little more wide and, you know, people would realize it, but like the ineptitude of the current administration, like the fact that like all of these, this timeline, right? Like there was all these articles and I'm sure you're well aware of like, what was it? 2018 Trump uh, dismantled basically the, the, the pan, the office that, handles this type of stuff and then when questioned about it he's like that's a nasty question i don't want to talk about that you're like fuck you for that how like how are we still allowing that type of evasiveness so like the fact that that's happening is scary and we definitely did not we weren't prepared for a situation like this the other the other interesting part about not being prepared was like i think it was october um johns hopkins did a simulation of this exact scenario except it was a swine flu from brazil and it wiped out 65 million people. Granted, it was a simulation, right? But that was what their prediction model said. And this was just October of 2019. Same exact thing. It was a, it was a novel coronavirus, but rather than from bat soup, it was from a swine. So did they put any like um, measures in their model? I, I did not see that. So I, didn't, so I didn't read the entire thing, but yeah, like I read like some basic cliff notes on it and it was like legitimate from Johns Hopkins and it was like, it broke it down. I was like, they did have certain things in there and it was like almost identical to how this started just with a different animal in a different place. And, and that's worldwide. That, yeah. Worldwide. That's so crazy. So like this is on people's minds too. So like, of course that started stemming, like this is a whole other topic, but like that was stemming conspiracy theory, right? Like, Oh, if they were planning this, like maybe there was, you know, a plant somewhere. This wasn't, you know, a freak accident. Beside the point, we weren't prepared for it. Nobody was prepared for it um, in the way that they probably should have. If you're, if, you're, if you're running simulations and models on it, you should probably have a plan in place for if it does happen. Yeah, but how it always is, is like, that's a different team. Well, yeah. I mean, and to be fair, it's like, you can get one guy to run a simulation, but to actually True. have a, an infrastructure in place is like yeah. a lot of people in money. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's like if you're playing a video game and you like draft a baseball team on your PlayStation, you're like, well, the Oakland Athletics should probably win now because this is the move I made. I'm going to I'm going to write to their manager. Yeah. Right. Good point. Right. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I what I was going to say. Oh, so I've had unfortunately more time to like spend looking at people's uh, like comments and stuff online and the conspiracy okay. theories are are unbelievable like i can't yeah. i can't wrap my head around it and i'm trying to like i'm trying to understand like what that mindset is of like yeah. somebody who can buy into those conspiracy theories because a lot of them i mean they 
they can be appealing, right? But like they break down pretty easily. Yeah. I just feel like it comes from, it comes from a place of, of fear. Mm-hmm. Obviously a lack of understanding of probably science and this weird <laughs> confidence of like, mm-hmm. I know stuff better than expert yeah. people. That's why. And I think that's, I think it's a bit of hubris, right? I think it's people, they want to feel that like, cause who wouldn't feel like if you can, without a doubt prove that like you knew something and you were correct and the current government right was way wrong and you were able to prove them you would feel great right and you'd be a superhero so people want to feel that and they unfortunately they feel like once they've posted it on facebook they're like yep i did i nailed it i did it they said it first they said yeah yeah. i said it first it's like well first of all you also probably read that somewhere else on facebook from another comment on an onion article. So like, <laughs> you're, like, let's get your, let's get your facts straight. Um, it's fine. I actually haven't done too much of it, but like, I'll do that sometimes. Like if I wake up and I don't feel like getting out of bed yet and I just want to piss myself off to start the day immediately, just read, I don't, I won't engage, but I'll read the comments and I'm like, I can't believe these people exist and they're allowed to vote too. Like they, they have the right to vote and this is their mind. It's the vaccine stuff is, is currently driving me crazy. Like people, oh, yeah. people are like, no forced vaccinations. Um, and they think there's like microchips in it. Cause, mm-hmm. cause the, the, um, the, what do you call it? The, the autism thing that's, that's been largely pushed aside. Now yeah. it's microchips. Yeah. And also Bill Gates owns. Yeah. They're, so they're, they're worried about their children being microchipped yet everywhere they go. Um, they're just like carrying a device that, anyone can follow you. Like you're, you're putting your entire life on Facebook, but you're worried about your child being microchipped. That's exactly what I said. I was like, these people are going to opt for microchips as soon as they're available. Like we all are. So you don't have to carry the phone around. Like it, what's, what's the, the fear there? Yeah. It it makes no sense. It's just like people want this weird, like freedom and the ability to make these choices that they're like, the government shouldn't have this, this ability to make a choice over like what I put in my body yet yeah. all these public health interventions are like they're cleaning your water that you drink every day. They're like every yeah. system is built along some lines, like for your health, uh, you know, somebody invented something and it's just like, for some reason, the needle, yeah. people have a problem. Like they draw the line there. Like you can't yeah. inject it into my body. I'll drink it. I'll eat it. I'll yeah. I'll like abide by the rules, but I'm not letting you yeah. get into my arm. Like it's it's bizarre. It's yeah. Bizarre. They'll let a they'll let a doctor overprescribe oxycontin for them, you know, potentially like putting them into ad, like addiction for painkillers. But like, yeah, God forbid they have to like get a needle for something that's preventative. Just say you're afraid of needles. I get that. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you're afraid of needles, cool. Like we'll distract you and hit poke you when you're not looking <laughs> and then boom you don't your child won't have chicken pox or whatever like <laughs> yeah that is funny though like the, the fear that you're gonna be chips like who ca- why does the government care what your six-year-old's doing yeah you barely care what your six-year-old's doing like, right you're a bad you're, you're a bad parent already i could tell because you won't vaccinate them so you probably don't pay attention to them why does the government want to pay attention to them people have a strange ability to make a global pandemic about them oh yes i mean that has been for from my personal experience, like I am very fortunate because I am still working 
I mean, granted from home, like this is, this is my home office, this couch that I pulled out. It's great. So I'm like super relaxed every day. I get to pace around this room and work at my own, you know, my own pace. And, um, but yeah, otherwise like I've not taken a pay cut The only like, yeah, like maybe bonus and commission checks are going to be a little bit different because we're not sure if our goals have changed, whatever. No, I'm still getting a salary, no big deal. And there are people within my company that I've like within one to two weeks were like, you know, going nuts over, um, okay. Um, going nuts over like, you know, mental health. And I think they're really leaning into because, you know, it's a, we're a startup. So like they wanted to be doing the right thing, do right by their employees, things like that. And some were like, in my opinion, really leaning too heavily on that, like not doing their work, complaining they're going nuts and stir crazy. And then I'm like thinking, I'm like, you still have a paycheck. You're healthy. You actually live with some of your best friends. The weather's nice. I get it. You can't go to the park if you want to with your dogs. You can't go hang out with your friends at their house. You can't go to a restaurant. Those are luxuries. Those are never necessities. Like you have your necessities and then some. Sure. And then like you're literally like so depressed right away. And again, I'm not, I'm not making a judgment on mental health and I, everyone deals with things differently, but like take a step back and think about what you have. It's like, there are people like you can't go outside without getting dirty looks. If you don't have a mask, you can't go outside without really being at risk. Like I said here, I feel pretty confident that it's not risky to go to the grocery store right now. You know, if you, you don't need to go stock up on food for a month, you know, to avoid going outside at all. You could go sit in your yard because it is, you know, between 70 and 90 degrees and sunny most of the days now, like it's not, you know, so, but again, it goes back to like people making it about themselves, like immediately posting there. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. This is terrible. This is the worst thing I've ever been through. And it's like, yeah, it might be, but also it's not that bad for a lot of us, but it's even, it's way worse for a good, for a good number of us. So it's like, just trying to put that in perspective. I'm a typically cynical person. So like the fact that I've been trying to be positive about this, I think is pretty telling. <laughs> Seems like you're doing pretty well. I'm try- I, honestly, the big joke at, at my job is like, they know that like my go-to is to like poke holes and stuff and like be angry about it. So like for the first couple of weeks, especially like it was just the, I just kept telling everyone I was thriving. I was doing a great job. And also like, you know, purposely trying to be positive. So like I, I then I got caught in that like in other meetings or just like, it's like, what's with Steven? Like, pretty good, right? Like, good job. Like, what, I don't know what's gotten into him. Like, it was, it's pretty funny. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, uh, since you are kind of talking about it, like, what um, or when did things sort of start to change in your life, like, because of this? So, I'd say right at the end of February... And the biggest marker for me would be work, like work slowed down because, so I work for a company that, um, it's a, it's technology for preschools essentially. So that's, a, that's one of those tricky ones where we didn't, some preschools are still open and they're taking on even more kids because they need to be open for essential workers. Some are shut down completely. Um, you know, which makes our job a little bit difficult because I'm trying to be sensitive to people and I handle requests, right? So I at least have the luxury of, calling people and speaking to people that like raise their hand and say, Hey, can you give me some more information? Um, but even then you call someone, I mean, I spoke to someone today who I've been trying to call probably since February, she never answered her phone. So this is right before everything hit. She finally answers today. And then just like, I was like, Hey, like I know a lot has changed in the last couple of months, but I wanted to make sure I was doing my due diligence um, and reach out to you. And she's like, yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, I just lost a family member to COVID and my business is closed. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. Like, you know, and you, you're not prepared for that call because, you know, just two months ago, everything was fine. And she was like, yeah, please tell me more about this. And that was always my fear for the first week or so starting late February, early March. I was like, Hey, I don't want to call anybody like for fear of that. I don't want to intrude on someone's life, you know, for this arbitrary thing. Right. You know, under the guise of, Oh, we're, we're a company that can help you. You can stay in touch with your families. You can do this. Like, yeah, it is helpful, but like ultimately we're not helping you deal with COVID as a, as a whole. Um, so I had, I, I, I struggled with that at first. So I was finding new ways. Like I was just utilizing email quite a bit. And I would say that was starting like March 1st. I was like, all right, I'm going to get off the phones. Um, I'm going to be reaching out via email, basically asking for consent to even speak to people. Um, because it seemed silly. I was grateful to be working, but at the same time, knowing that people are, even if they're not affected by a person like the woman I spoke to today who lost somebody, people are scared. And they're not thinking, oh, yeah, I need to purchase this app for my business. They're like, I don't know if my business is going to be open. So I would say March, you know, late February was when we started, like, it wasn't mandatory work from home. But, like, everyone, like, maybe let's get out of the office. And, yeah, I think probably by March 1st, I was home full time. Um, but just, like, that slow progression of, like, right, how do I ease my way into this? Now I would say... I feel like I'm back fully into the swing of things because everyone at least has an idea of my business is closed. It's opening May 15th or, you know, we're, we've been operating. So it's the conversations are a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like a slow going at first March, like early March. And so, so your work, work felt different. Um, yeah. and did anything like personal did you, life did yeah. not feel too different to be honest okay. with you. Um, I, I mean, I noticed like, I was like, well, yeah, not, not too much has changed except for maybe I don't go out to happy hour, you know, after work on Friday. Sure. You know, and then of course, like there was that push, you would see everyone like doing virtual happy hours, right? Those have since died down, thankfully. Um, <laughs> you know, like just can't like, don't want to sit in a, a Zoom meeting with like the Brady Bunch window up just like, so what did you guys do today? Oh, sat in your sweatpants at home like me? Cool. Like, um, Yeah, I was listening to a podcast today and it was like, the guy, he's a comedian. He was like, yeah, somebody asked me, what have I been up to today? And I was, and I, he was like, and I just got, I was like, what do you mean? What have I been up to? Like, we've all been up to the same exact thing. Like, don't yeah. ask me that question. Someone, I'm, so someone actually like, legitimately asked me, like, it wasn't a joke. I think they just like, it was just a, a, a goof. Um, they just like, weren't thinking They're like, so are you going out tonight? What? Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> nobody's going out tonight. That's why we're playing words with friends right now. Like, what do you mean? Am I going out tonight? Um, yeah, but I think I actually realized like, I was like, Oh, maybe I'm not as social as I used to be or as I thought I was because I, after like two or three weeks, I was like, Oh, I don't feel, I don't feel confined. I don't feel trapped. And I was like, yeah, if I think back to the last couple of months, I guess I'll maybe go out once a week, but otherwise, you know, like spent a lot of time around here. I was like doing the same stuff, reading, drinking at home, you know? Yeah. Like, are you uh, quarant like locked down with other people, or are you by yourself? So yeah, that's, I do. I live with two other people, so okay. that's that makes it easy as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And where are we gonna go now? Um, uh, see, this is where my notes come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, and how? So how are you? What's, what's your, like, what's the vibe? Like what's your anxiety's low, as you said. 
what's the yeah. vibe like in general down there? I mean, I would say it's a good mix. Like, I feel like when at first there was definitely like, uh, like everywhere, like that panic, right? Like when people are just with the panic purchases, like I think the the weirdest one for me, and I was like, actually it, it annoyed me above all else. I went to the grocery store, like and this was before a full shelter in place. And like the entire aisle of pickles was gone. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, why? Like, why, why take all the pickles? That's such a weird thing. Like toilet paper and pickles. Why? Pickles are um, the perfect food. I will. They are. Yeah. And I think that's why I was upset because I couldn't buy any, but like you don't need to wipe out the whole aisle. Like, so there was that panic. I think that's since subsided because like uh, something that's, I don't particularly know why, but like people really like shit themselves over HEB, which is our grocery store chain down here. Um, and H-E-B? it was HEB. Yeah. Herman E. Butts. No way. For okay. real. And it's, I mean, it's a grocery store. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's, they're fine. Um, but like, apparently it was also just like voted like number one in the country. And so like when he or that business put out a statement like, Hey, stop panicking. You're going to have enough food. People actually like listened, I think, which was nice. Um, yeah. And also like Austin's a great city in the sense that there are a lot of, uh, local businesses and it's not a lot of chains. So they're all still open and there's a lot of like, so Uber eats and there's this other app called favor, which is just Texas. So they're doing a lot to support local restaurants and like taking away a lot of the delivery fees, but then offering like, you know, donation buttons that go right to the restaurant. So, I mean, honestly, almost every single one of the restaurants that I like to eat at is still open, still operating. Um, and it doesn't seem like they're, they're struggling, which is nice. So I hope that they're able to see this through. Um, yeah, kind of like, I'll be honest, like in my world, it feels like in this city, we're kind of just waiting it out, like waiting for the the areas that are harder hit to hopefully get some, get the help they need and get a handle on it. And, you know, as a country, we can say, all right, we're, we have this under control and numbers are going down now. Um, and it feels like we're luckily in that middle where we're not hard, we're not too hard hit yet, hopefully. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I think that that was the purpose of these measures yeah. is yeah. because it's, you can't stop it. It's just kind of like to get a handle on it, as you said. Yeah. And the thing that, the thing that's weird. And I think that people are sort of misunderstanding is like the numbers will start to go down, which is great. But then if you reopen everything, like it's still exponential growth from there. Like you yeah. go back down to two cases. Well, then it's just back where we started. And yeah. I think people are sort of overlooking that there is the aspect of like, is there some percentage of the population now immune? That's a big question right now that we yeah. don't really know. Well, cause that was the original. Th- um, so I'll be honest. I was, it was mid February. I got very sick. Like I thought it was the flu. I'm thinking now it might not have been because my symptoms were consistent with COVID-19. I was at a, I was, I pretty rarely get sick. I would say I have a decent immune system. Like once every two to three years, I'll get like sick where it's like, you know, strep throat or the flu or something where it's like you're out of commission for a day or two, maybe three. This was like two days where like, I felt like I was on my deathbed, like just couldn't move. I like didn't feel human, but it was just achy, a little bit of a cough, you know, and I felt feverish. I didn't go to the doctor because I just assumed it was the flu. And I was like, "Eh, I've done this before. I'll be fine. But now I looking back on it, I was like, oh, that could have very well been it. And what was uh, more alarming was now that I think about it, most people in our office got it. 
where like that typically doesn't happen with the in my experience like the flu has not been that rapid you know what i mean usually like a handful will get it but this was like a majority of the people had some version of it mm -hmm. um so and then of course i felt better about it because i was like oh then maybe i've built up immunity and i'll be okay anyway but then you know of course you read conflicting reports saying like we're not certain that you build immunities like and you might be able to get it twice and you know and then of course you read animals can't get it and the fucking tiger gets it and these two domestic house cats get it and you're like okay well maybe we're all screwed and it's never stopping you know it's you never know yeah i mean those are a lot of the conversations that i'm having now is like looking into research about the immunity and the it does seem like so there there is definitely a time a window after you get well, well, you get sick and then you get well, where you have antibodies that seem to work as a treatment for people that are like active cases. And also um, antibodies, they call them monoclonal antibodies that you can make in rabbits seem to be having an effect as a treatment. So like immunity is a thing. We just don't know how fleeting it is. Yeah. And then the other part of that is I was sort of talking to my immunologist friend and those, the swab test, they're testing for genetic material of the virus. Mm -hmm. And apparently that can like stick around for a couple of weeks after you're cleared of it, just kind mm -hmm. of like in your body. So a positive test could be false. And then Sorry, I'm kind of going off here, but oh, yeah. that kind of raises the question like, okay, well, how come that doesn't happen with other things? And I'm just sort of thinking like most diseases you get tested for once and it's like, okay, you have this and then you get better or you yeah. don't and the, you never get tested again. It's yeah. like, I feel like it's pretty rare that you get tested for the same disease multiple times if the first yeah. one's positive. Yeah. Like if you go to the doctor and you, like, you haven't had the flu in years and you're like, you get tested, tested positive for the flu you know how the flu works. So you're not going to go back a week after you have it. And be like, do I still have it? Right. You're not going to, yeah, there's no reason Of course to. not. Of course yeah. not. But with this, like you're saying, yeah, it's, we're unsure of it. So people are getting tested and if we're knowing like, oh, it's been out of your system, but we're realizing that. So yeah, you're right. It might, we, it might be the same four other diseases. We're just not looking into that. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it's a weird, strange, scary thing, but like the reinfection thing, if that's real, it's, it's pretty unique and pretty scary. I would yeah. Say. I, I forget the context of that. I just remember it was an article and it, I believe I remember it was, it seemed like a legitimate physician was saying like, no, it is possible, but I don't remember there being like him having an example to point to, you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't remember if there was an actual case where a human had it, didn't have it and then had it again. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, from what I've looked at as far as this, there's no reliable science to show like this definitely is happening, but there's definitely anecdotal stuff out there that like we were, we were sick and then we got better and then we got sick again. Yeah. And I just don't, we don't know what that means. It could be a secondary infection. Like it could be something else that's kind of like activating your symptoms again. Like, yeah, there are possibilities. It's, well, and I think that's the the trouble too, is like you mentioned before, all these people that are so confident in what they know. I think the big thing for me personally is like early on, admittedly, I was one of those people that, you know, after initial reports, I was like, all right, let's relax, guys. This is going to be like the flu, right? Like thousands upon thousands of people died in the last four months alone from the flu, something that we have a vaccine for. 
something that we know how to treat, something that's been around for years, for maybe for hundreds of years, um, you know, don't worry about it. But then also like once the numbers start to change rapidly and shoot up, I was like, okay, yeah, let's take it seriously. Like let's not, um, where the difference is there's so many people that are still standing by that. Or like you mentioned, just have this confidence in something that they read once uh, or didn't read or just feel. Um, not a big, I'm not a big meme guy, but I do love seeing the ones that are like, uh, you know, all these doctors are saying this, that, and the other thing, but I think I'm going to listen to the guy that got straight C's in high school. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the guy, the kid that yeah. couldn't, that couldn't stay awake in science class is now telling me how to, how to handle and navigate this COVID situation. Everybody's got a, a well-researched plan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly, it's, it's amazing. Like that's, I'm trying to ignore media. Like I will look at, I'll read articles, but I try to take them with a grain of salt. Not because I think people are coming from like a really biased place or like trying to convince people of something of their agenda. Like I really don't think that most reporters understand science the way that they need to, to report it. Yeah. Like I've been saying this way before this was going on. And so like, I would always catch little mistakes in like New York times articles and that would sort of wipe the whole wipe all the credibility away for me. It's like, if you can't understand, you obviously don't have a foundation in science, like a, a full understanding. So y- whatever conclusions the scientist, the, the actual scientists were drawing from their research, like you might be, you, there's a good chance you're getting that wrong. Like, yeah. You're and you're, or the drawing the wrong conclusion. I mean, think about it. So I think to, I'm like to put that context, cause I agree with that. I never really considered that actually, but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, think of, you know, you can have a reporter you know, a sports reporter that's never seen a basketball game in their life and then go report on this. Here's, here, here's the facts. Here's what happened. That report's going to seem weird and there's going to be mistakes because they don't know how, like you said, how to talk about it, right? So yeah, when it comes to something scientific, I mean, that's not everyone's forte. That's not, you know, like I don't know how to talk about immunology and things like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, but when you have someone that has the power to put an article in the New York Times and they're not using the correct word or they're putting something out of order or maybe they put the wrong tone on something because they don't understand exactly what the conclusion is. Yeah, that, that could be dangerous. And it, it is very limiting because scientists often don't know how to talk about it either <laughs> yeah, so, to yeah. a general audience. Like yeah. they know they have a very limited narrow scope of like what they do well. And it's mm-hmm. usually not talking, Yeah, you know, yeah. like disseminating what they know. Yeah, not explaining to the average person this high-level theory, hypothesis, and conclusion. Yeah, and yeah, it, it kind of drives me crazy. Like, I want to be that guy, but I also, like, I don't. I, I'm like, I could, I could figure this out for you. I can tell you what you need to know, but, like, yeah. it's not my responsibility. Yeah, ultimately, you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to bridge all these gaps, you know, and that's just to get some understanding because you're still going to have people push against it. It's like, well, what's the point? Yeah, and... Yeah, so I, I basically have been looking at primary research. Yeah. And trying to see like what, like the hydroxychloroquine stuff, like there is a limited amount of research that it can help with like secondary infections, but it's not mm. a treatment for COVID-19 by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Uh, and the, the only thing that seems to be working is antibodies from people that are recovered or rabbits and... The remdesivir seems kind of promising. I don't know how to say that, but 
I don't know if you've heard of that. I haven't one, even said it. No, haven't. Yeah, it's like a it's an antiviral that seems to have some some effect. But like people are pushing antibiotics for viruses, and I'm just like, that it doesn't compute. And when when it seemed like it might be a thing, I was just I was so confused. I was like, how does yeah. this how does this work? Like maybe yeah. my understanding is just completely wrong. Well, and that also yeah, I mean. And then I guess the big push was, uh, or the big ask was there was not enough ventilators and things like that. But I also read something recently that there, maybe ventilators aren't working the way that they thought they were supposed to. So we've had a ton of, you know, stress over this and maybe it wasn't even working anyway, you know, which is going to happen. You know, I've, not everything is perfect. This is a brand new thing, but. Well, ventilators, like that's, it's a big deal to make that leap for a patient, like breathing on their own to being put on a ventilator makes them way more compromised. And also it seems like the only way that the virus is actually airborne um, because right now it, it's trans transmitted in uh, droplets yeah. like coughs and stuff, but like a ventilator from what I am told is can actually aerosolize the virus because that person is shedding virus and they're very sick. Like the ventilator itself can create aerosolized part uh, yeah. of the virus. So they might be making it worse in that environment. Make that environment worse. Plus it makes it everything way harder on that patient. Just being on a ventilator is super compromising and yeah. difficult. So it's too new. Like there are no long-term survivors to, to know what's going to happen later. Yeah. And that's why I think too, like if I, you know, not saying for sure that, you know, in February when I was sick that I had it, but let's assume, let's say that I did and all those other people and, you know, think back to anyone else throughout the country that was sick at that time, you know, we wouldn't know because we weren't tested for it. So I can't even like, you know, it can't be helpful in that way. I can't like say like what from my experience. Are you um, going to try to get a, an antibody test? Um, no, I didn't consider it, but I mean, possibly if it's, if it's available, I mean, I don't see why not. They hopefully will become available. I'm, I'm trying to get, one i was sick um at the beginning of march as well for like yeah. three weeks in a really weird sickness so yeah. which like, and which would make sense too because it's also it seems with everyone it's like you're certain people like they were saying 80 percent of people had very mild symptoms and then other people it's like they're they're truly awful so yeah i my symptoms weren't that bad but they just would not go away I had the worst sore throat of my life for like three weeks and that was it pretty much. Yeah. That's weird. Super weird. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I lost yeah. my voice. That's maybe the first time that's ever happened to me. Yeah. And that's usually indicative of some kind of virus like laryngitis, yeah. I think is a virus. So, yeah. I don't that know. Sense. Um, so how many pairs of sweatpants are you, uh, are in rotation over here in your lockdown? Two. Just two. That's pretty two. good. Yeah, I got, and they're they're both Adidas. I have my Adidas track pants and then Adidas sweatpants. Just just pop them in and out of the the washing machine. It's been nice. That's my routine. Good. It's it's like the same routine. Like I pop them off, new pair of underwear on, pop the same pants back on the next day. After like three days of that, I was like, all right, pants in the wash, new pants. Nice. When was the last time you put on uh, jeans? Oh, you know what's funny? Uh, two weeks ago. Um, I went to put on jeans and I was like, Nope, no, it's why it's like, this is I'm going to go sit on the couch. Why am I doing this? <laughs> it's been a bit for me. Yeah. I need to, I, I honestly, I was, I told myself uh, this weekend, I was like, All right, Monday morning, I'm going to get up. I'm either gonna go for a long walk. Or I'm going to go for a run. 
no, have not, has not happened. I've definitely put on some pounds during this as well. Are you <laughs> getting outside? Lazier. Yeah, I've been outside. I've been going like, I'm very fortunate to live very close to two grocery stores. So when I do need to go get food, like I'll just take a walk, either one, it's a nice neighborhood. Um, so I get outside and go for some walks or even if I'm feeling really stir crazy, like I'll just go for a drive around town, listen to some music, um, yeah, get some, get some sun. And you said there is a mandate for masks. There is that. I think just last week they put that. So that, yeah, I felt bad because the first day, like I either I did know about it, but I forgot, and I was like, I went to the gas station to like grab a drink or something, and like they had a big sign on the door, like please wear a mask, and I just like crept in, like, oops, sorry, uh, I'm not going home now. But <laughs> are people seem to be taking it seriously though? Yeah, um, especially at the the one grocery store here, they're pretty like they if it's like busy time, they'll have someone stand outside. Actually the whole foods, uh, one of the whole foods, like they have, um, a guy out front, like keeping, uh, basically like a, a bar, like a bouncer, like he has a clicker, like only a certain amount of people in the store at a time. Um, I went the other day and it walked right in. And by the time I came out, there was like a full line of people waiting down the parking lot, which un- unfortunate for them. But I was like, all right, that's cool. that You're taking these measures and making sure like, uh, someone wasn't allowed in because they didn't have a mask. Um, oh wow yeah so like i said it's I, I i feel pretty good and safe here because the numbers are low um i'm not super worried about it that hasn't like hasn't even jumped up over the weeks but everyone seems to be taking it seriously that needs to be and is there and i don't know if you would know this but is there like testing available if you needed it um there was at least one area with like the the drive-through testing um i don't know if they made more of those available um i did have a couple of uh a couple of people mentioned that they were going to go get tested. Um, but yeah, I think the same setup that they've had everywhere, it's like they find a big parking lot and almost like a DUI checkpoint, right? Where you drive through and they swab you. Um, I think that was in North Austin. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So, well, that's somewhat reassuring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so these are the, these are the questions that I ask everybody. Sure. Um, and you can answer them however you like, whatever it means to you, if it's relevant or not. Um, the first one is, um, so it is Wednesday evening, right? Sure is. It's Earth Day. Happy Earth Day, by the way. Oh, happy Earth Day. <laughs> our, Earth, our Earth is falling apart, but happy, happy Earth Day. I think our Earth is thriving. We're falling apart. Yeah. We're the, we're the parasite. Yeah. Um, so Wednesday evening, Earth Day, what would you be doing if not in lockdown, do you think? Um, that's a good question. I would say by now is usually the day in the week where depending on how it's going, I'll decide to like turn happy hour into let's, let's get pretty drunk night. Um, so I would imagine I would be at one of the bars near my office. Just, uh, yeah, probably on my fourth beer by now. Um, especially cause it was, it was rainy and gross before, but it's like, it, it's still not super sunny, but it's like nice outside now. So I'd probably be like, yeah, sitting outside with two to three coworkers complaining about some other bullshit at work today. Well, I hope you can get back to that soon. Yeah. The, I mean, don't, I, I still do the same thing. The only difference is I'm at home doing it. Right. For <laughs> sure. The only bar that I know in Austin is I'm trying to remember the name. It's something about like a, a, a B like a, like a, Oh, um, uh, social yellow club jacket social yellow jacket yellow, social club. Yeah. yeah i went there once that was a cool spot on tour yeah it was a cool spot yeah. um 
you know, no big deal. I was on tour. It's uh, not on tour, no big deal. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so if that band was still touring, where would you be right now? <laughs> good question. <laughs> Definitely a lot more, uh, a lot more here. That, that <laughs> band was tough on the body. Oh, yeah. um, but back to you. Uh, what, um, what good do you think is going to come out of all of this? Oh, uh, that's a tough question. I, there's a lot of good I hope comes out of it. Um, so prior to this current job, when I, mo- I moved to Texas and I took a, a teaching job, actually. So I was teaching seventh grade English for a couple of years. So I still have a lot of friends uh, in that realm. And I think a lot of parents are seeing now how difficult it is to get your children to do work. Um, and... I think we're going to realize how essential teachers are. So, I mean, it's been a debate for a long time, right? Like how little they're paid comparative. So I hope a lot comes out of that. I hope like that's reconsidered because right now we still have, um, you know, actually the, the, so the, my friends that I live with, they're teachers and they're still working from home trying to get lesson plans and provide help to, you know, students at home. Um, and a lot of parents are either, I, they had some write in to them saying like, yeah, this is too difficult. I'm just going to let the kids not do anything because I don't want to try anymore, which is really scary. Um, so it, that's eye-opening to know like, all right, we need these kids in classrooms when when the time comes. Um, and also like, you know, healthcare. I mean, it's this is a disaster, right? And like, we're not set up for it. And like, you know, you, there are so few businesses open right now that like are essential. And a lot of these people don't get paid the amount of money of like businesses that are not working, but like, you know, these CEOs and corporations just have a bunch of money to sit on. And I hope that people realize how backwards some of this is, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but I hope we can start putting some legislation together to, to get there. You know, I think, you know, maybe people will, feel bad about the fact that we didn't nominate Bernie for the Democrats. I know um, the timing, the timing is so, it was almost you know, right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe a month prior, you know, we don't have a uh, Biden losing his marbles up there. Um, I, I think those are the two that I hope happen. I'm not sure what, what good really will happen. I think people will um, hopefully just as a, as a, on a personal level, like really feel more grateful for the things that they do have and not take, you know, going to work for granted, you know, it's, I mean, it's just the, the overnight turn of fuck, I got to go to work today or I don't want to deal with this today to man. I would actually really prefer to be in the office right now or stuck that rather than be stuck at home. And, you know, maybe those, those minor headaches are, they're not that bad. I mean, so those are, those are my hopefuls. Um, I think that the good that's already come out of it is like I said, we mentioned at top, like people reconnecting with people they haven't, whether, you know, they needed to or not. Um, you know, families spending more time together at times that they normally wouldn't, you know, like you think of, you know, a family of like five, you know, where you have maybe three children that are, you know, not off to college yet, but they don't really spend time together. Like now they kind of have to, so maybe they'll build better bonds. Like I would imagine, you know, I have a younger sister who we get along, but we're not super close. Like we didn't like, we're like five and a half years apart. So like we talk, but we're not like best buds. Who knows if this happened when, you know, I was 17 and she was, you know, 12 or 13, we might've developed a a better bond. So like, I feel like there's maybe a lot more of that happening. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, trying to think of things like that. I think those would be the big ones. I'm not sure. Um, and then and I think maybe just in general, maybe each state will consider, um, how to prepare for something like this in the future and maybe put some better guidelines in place, you know, 
all hopeful. That was the right answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nailed uh, it. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, no, it was great. Um, and then I asked the opposite question. What, uh, what do you fear happens or what's the biggest fear coming out of this? Sure. I mean, the, I mean, the biggest fear I think is one that we also touched on is like, you know, the people that are, that are protesting out there, that there is the fear that the economy won't recover in the way that, that we hope or bounce will bounce back or that there will be so many people displaced that it will cause some true hardships or, you know, people are already not happy with other people. So like there's, I mean, I think there's a real concern for some type of civil war, you know, like there's, um, I think it's really dangerous that we have a president tweeting liberate Michigan when you have people marching on, you know, the Capitol there, like that's insane to me. Um, so I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about like, you know, like li the liberties that people take with knowledge and information and just, I, I see you post about this a lot, like people just spreading false information. Like I think people are going to continue to do so. Um, I'm worried, honestly, in a best case scenario, if this turns or if this, if there's a report tomorrow that says, guess what? We found a, we found a cure. We found a vaccine or we noticed a, a steep decline. Uh, we're we're going to be good. And then people be like, I told you we need to worry about it. And then they're going to be reckless. Um, you know, I think it's mostly, most of my fears are around stupidity. Um, I'm still personally in a place where I feel okay. I think, you know, by June, July, we'll have a clearer picture and I think be seeing this through the other side. Um, but yeah, I think the fear would be like, that I look back on this and then in July we're in the same boat or worse. And then it's like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Because that's going to be tough to recover from, I think. Right. Not, not learning from this, taking what we need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the big one, right? It's like, you know, if, if something like this does happen again, like, are we going to, are we going to learn from it? Right. Are we going <laughs> to like, yeah. I, I mean, I like what you said um, early on where like, every death from this disease is essentially a preventable death, whether that person was like on their way out or not. Yeah. And you know, I it's hopefully people keep that in mind at, from now on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's sad in the sense, you know, it's like that per like in most cases anyway, like that person didn't inflict that upon themselves. Right. Like, you know, in a way, like if someone, if someone at age 22 dies of an overdose, Yes, that's sad and preventable, but in most cases, that's something that they inflicted upon themselves. Now, if a person who's 97 dies of a disease because we didn't handle this correctly, that's not on them, right? Like, in, you know, for the most part, you know, you can assume that that person was also trying to follow the rules, maybe, but, you know, if we didn't slow the spread, then that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, you put it in perspective like that, like it's numbers don't matter at that point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then the last question, um, I think I'm changing the wording. Uh, it used to be how long can you go, but now I'm going to ask, are you, when it comes to lockdown, are you nearing your breaking point or do you think you can cruise? Are you, I think I can cruise. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah. So like I said, I, I have a pretty good, pretty good system here. Um, and yeah, it's like I said, it's not ideal. I think I would much prefer like right after this, I would love to be able to like go drive to a restaurant or a bar and go like sit there, get a drink, get a get something to eat. But, you know, it is what it is. I think for me, it's just been very important to say everything you have is fine and you're doing fine. 
could be much worse, you know? So, I mean, I even put it out like, cause I, I feel, I felt belly at the top when you said like, you haven't gotten a check. Like I got my stimulus check immediately and didn't need it. So like I, my first thought was, all right, I want to donate it. But I also, I don't feel comfortable giving to any organization, anything at all. Um, cause you hear horror stories. So like, I've, you know, I've given some money to like friends that are just like, yeah, I'm out of work. And I was like, yeah, what do you need? Like you have bills to come? Like, like, let me Venmo you. Like, I'd rather do that. Um, so yeah, like, I feel fortunate in that, in that sense. Like, I feel like I could cruise. I would not like to, but I feel like I'd be fine to cruise through the summer, to be honest. Well, all of those things you said are awesome. And yeah. that, that's great. Thank you for, for doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's typically I'm, I think in general, I'm a selfish person, like not in a, not in a, not in a malicious way, but obviously I put myself first, but like right now is not the time to do that. So like, I'm not like going to be like, I, I need a haircut, you know? So like, fuck, fuck, fuck those people. Don't like, tell me about haircuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fortunately I'm bald. So I shave my own head anyway. Um, so suckers. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm thriving in every sense of the word. I don't need to, I don't need any outside sources, any outside help. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, it, you know, good living situation. I'm comfortable. Um, you know, I can't go outside for a walk. It's not like, you know, I, if I lived in New York city, I might feel differently, right? Like people are afraid to go outdoors at all, rightfully so. I don't feel that here. And there's, you know, plenty of open air and the weather's been nice and yeah. Great. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're uh, taking this in stride. Yeah. Keeping positive. Trying. I'm out of questions. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, you can, you have the floor or. The no, that was, I mean, that was good. I mean, I, I, on a personal level, like, I, I just think it's cool that you're doing this. That's why I was, you know, I jumped at it because like I'd seen, like I said, I'd seen a couple of clips and like, I'd see your posts and like, it's, it's good to see rational thought out there. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, like coming from the masses, so to speak. Right. Because like, you don't often see it from peers. You know what I mean? Like you see a lot of people that will take their advice from, uh, you know, an influencer of some kind, whether that person be, an actual intelligent person or whether that person be Kylie Jenner, right? Like they're going to see something and be like, well, this person posted it. So I might, you know, so I, I really respect, you know, people that I know and peers of mine that are putting actual thought into <laughs> what they're posting out there or, you know, even calling folks out for not putting thought into it um, and doing it in a way that doesn't get combative, right? Because people are very quick to get defensive or, you know, myself included, like my first thought when, you know, you, you read Facebook comments and I look at them, I'm like, Hey, fuck you. You're so dumb. Um, so I, that's why I don't engage. because I don't want to get to that point. Um, you know, so it's nice seeing like one that you're putting this content out and speaking to a bunch of people with uh, different experiences and then putting posts out there. And then like, you know, I read the follow up and people like, Yes, they're mostly in agreement because we've all developed our own echo chambers, so to speak, on social media. But sure. just having a, a dialogue in general and hopefully other people will see it and, you know, just be more mindful the next time they open their mouth about anything. You know, I think that was the biggest thing I learned. Like I mentioned, like at first I was for sure one of those people like, eh, let's not worry about it. It's like the flu. Like, yeah, it sucks that people are dying, but like that's what happens. But, I was there too, man. I, yeah. I thought the same thing. But yeah. as soon as the data started to... Yeah, when it starts yeah, to when, like, oh. yeah, when it goes from 0.01% and it goes up to three, it's like, okay, let's, that was quick. Let's, let's, let's reel it back a little bit. Um, and I wish more people would do that. It's, you know, you can only hit them with facts and figures so many times before it's like, why don't you get this? Yeah. People, people need to be more willing to be wrong. It's that's, just like, yes, it's okay. Yes. You know, like that's what I love about scientists. That's my favorite thing is like scientists are operate basically on the premise that, uh, that, 
is we don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know the answer. Let's do some studies. Let's put some experiments together and see what that says. And we'll base our conclusions off of the actual information rather than a gut feeling <laughs> supporting our conclusion with information that we just arbitrarily find on the internet. Cause you can support anything with yeah. information if you want. To. Oh, that was, I mean, that was the basis of every single paper I wrote in middle school and high school was like, here's what I want to get to. I'm going to find quotes from these things that, yeah. you know, and it was, you can, you can weave any story you want. Um, and that's essentially what a lot of people tend to do. And I think I started to feel better about myself as a person and as you know, and, and smarter in general, when I realized like, Oh, that's not knowledge. You're just making bullshit up. Say you don't know and actually learn it. Um, yeah. And again, that was always, again, when I mentioned I had taught for a couple of years, like it was taught seventh grade. So you could imagine the attitudes on them. I'm like, guys, raise your hand and tell me you don't know. That's fine. I respect that more than you make something up or don't say anything at all. I was like, I'll tell you when I'm wrong and you could point it out when I'm wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. Happy to be wrong. And it's funny that you say like people, you, you saw me starting to speak up about this online or whatever. And it was one of those things that's like, this started to become a real like public health problem. And my education is in public health. And it was one of those yeah. moments where it was just like, Oh fuck. Like people are going to come to me for information because like these things are aligning right now. And I yeah. happen to have some amount of expertise and yeah. knowledge that other people just don't have because they didn't go to school for it. And like, yeah. so I just felt compelled, like, okay, these people are just saying whatever and I need to yeah. step up because why the hell did I go to school? I also, I, th I think I remember that. I think there was a, it was an announcement, so to speak, like on your Instagram story, you had said like, all right, this guys, this is why I'm doing this. I happen to have this background. This is what I study. This is what I know. So please, like when I'm saying this thing, it's not just out of my own interest. It's like, I actually do know this much. So <laughs> I know it, it was just like out of necessity and I yeah. don't necessarily want to be that, but no, but this yeah. is, you know, this isn't the same as like, this isn't the same as like politics, right? Where people always want to have their two cents and they want to be right about which side to vote for. This is a matter of life and death, so to speak. So you do want better information out there. Like ultimately, like if this wasn't going on, do I really, I do care is it really going to affect me that much like politically, like if Biden's in office or Trump's in office? No, because fortunately for me, sorry, other people, I'm a white guy, but like, it's not going to affect me that much. And that's yeah. the unfortunate truth. But this, the handling of this, when it's a global health crisis, it really does matter what information is out there and who's in charge of it because clearly it's being mishandled and we want, you know, like we mentioned many times, save as many people as possible if we can. Um, and then, you know, and then consider the other repercussions, right? And try to, and if we can manage both, great, but let's get the right people in charge to say, here's where our economy is. Here's how we save the people. Let's, let's work together to, to fix this thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I really appreciate you uh, oh, no, this is great. Yeah. doing this. I'm gonna, this is what my notes now say. Pickle panic. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's a good title leave, for this episode. I think so. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Steve, for being on the podcast. Yeah. Appreciate it. This was fun. Spent too much time in California. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.